This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Brittany. And I'm Heather. Welcome to OKS Moms, the podcast. A place to be more than just mom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of OKS Moms, the podcast. Brittany here. And Heather. Hello. Hi. How's it going? You know, just when you think things can't get any darker. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever are you talking about? I'm practicing my delusion. Well, you know, that we're all very well versed in that these days. Not all of us. Uh, I wish I was more delusional and make life a lot easier. God, I'm I'm truly jealous. I really, really am. You know, it's for anybody who's not a firstborn daughter, I just am so envious of your ability to not have this innate need to get information all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly jealous of it. And dwell on it. (laughs) Right. But before we get into all that, let's talk about some TV shows we've been loving lately, because that is always the best escape. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are both loving The Gilded Age. Oh my God, it is so good. Obsessed with it. It's even AJ's into it. Like, oh, oh God, God, it's Monday. We have an episode. <laughs> you get so excited. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, it's on HBO Max, and it's kind of, it's like in the same air as uh, Downton Abbey. Um, I think it, I think Downton Abbey is older. I think this is. Yeah, right. But it's like a, it's a period piece, right? Yes. Turn of the century. Which I guess you can't really say anymore. Turn of the 19th century. Oh, true. Um, New York. So they're talking about like Central Park and the Upper East Side, but it's all like a horse and buggy. And it's like know, when uh, Fifth Avenue is like being built kind of thing. Yes. Very cool. So all of the fancy people, but before they had electricity. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it stars Christine Baranski and Cynthia Nixon. Who, when I originally found out they were two of the main characters, those characters made no sense to me. I can't look at Christine Bransky and not think Cindy Lou Who's mom in the Grinch. <laughs> so it does not like it does not compute in my brain that she is like in this Victorian era. Um, and of course, Cynthia Nixon from Sex in the City. Like it's just like, why are you wearing this and why are you talking like this? And completely different characters in this. But sure. it works. Yeah, but they so but it good. really works. Yeah. And then the other main character is I always forget her name. It's Meryl Streep's daughter. Louisa Jacobson is her name. Yeah, I always forget because they don't have the same last name and that always throws me off. Well, so her full name is Louisa Jacobson Gummer, and she's, because uh, I did a whole deep dive on this, <laughs> Meryl Streep actually has three daughters and a son, 
And so Mamie Gummer, who also is an actress, I've heard in a couple other things. So I guess she's trying to be even more unrecognizable. Right. But she's great in it. It's it's very Downton Abbey-esque in that you get the peek behind of like the servant quarters. And also I love that they've thrown in kind of some racial issues because there's a it's hard to explain without giving too much of the plot mm-hmm. away, but there is a black character in it and it talks about her struggles and her place in society during this time. And also there's some class issues. And so it's, and there's lots of scheming and wheeling and dealing and it's, it's really, really, really good. I love it. Go watch it and tell us your thoughts. Now on to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> The new season of Love is Blind is out, and it is such a treat. Oh, I, I just, I don't even know what to say about it. it. It lives up to the first season. So if you're not familiar, Love is Blind is on Netflix. It is, a, there's a group of men and a group of women, and they meet in these pods. So they don't see each other. They're only allowed to talk to each other. And if they match in the pods, then they can meet in real life. And the point is they're supposed to get engaged very quickly and get married within like a month of meeting. It's so, it's, it sounds so dumb, but it's, it's so dumb. bizarre. But I mean, there are couples that ha- are still married from the first season and like are legitimate couples. So, and if you can survive a pandemic, I think you're okay. Um, so this new round of people, I mean, there's never a shortage of characters i feel like okay we should just spoiler alert it skip ahead if you don't want to hear what do you think of the couple who's your favorite couple um i guess my favorite one would be i don't i don't know anybody's names is the problem (laughs) who is the really insecure girl who like freaks out and like self-sabotages everything. Oh yeah. Hold on. I think Danielle, maybe. Sounds right. I guess they're my, f- I mean, favorite is, you can't really use the word favorite when you talk about reality TV. Uh, true. Maybe we can't do this because I can't remember anybody's name either. Well, there's Shane, of course. Oh my gosh, Shane. I saw a meme that was like, Shane is the epitome of Brock Hudson, and she's all that. (laughs) The Shane memes have been pure gold. Somebody said he's a young Nick Nolte. (laughs) If you've ever seen (laughs) that mugshot of Nick Nolte, where he, I'm pretty sure he was arrested for like a drug possession, and he just has this crazed look in his face, and his hair is wild, and that is Shane at all. He's he's on drugs there there's no way he's not he's very animated and has some some crazy eye stuff it's it's not even his animate like his pupils are the size of dinner plates they're (laughs) huge and his frantic movements like it's beyond like grown man with adhd like can't like contain himself like he it's like he's doing some bumps in between scenes (laughs) for sure i just don't understand what natalie season him i'm i keep waiting for like an endearing moment but he's just i don't know he's just a lot and 
Natalie is so sweet, and I'm almost, like, rooting for Shane to fuck it up and just jump ship for Shayna. And <laughs> yeah, that's meant <laughs> Because she's just too good for him. I don't, I don't get it. But I do, Shane is kind of winning me over with how much he's into Claudia and, like, denying Shayna. But also Shayna's... Like you, the dumpster fire you love to hate. She's she's the Jessica from season one. Yes. Anyways, Shayna left the pod with another guy who oh, she's a devout okay. Christian. Sorry, go ahead. No. Oh, I oh I do like them though. Um, Shayna left the pod with a man who is an atheist. She is a devout Christian, and she ah. made him eat meat. He's also a vegan vegetarian. I'm not sure oh, which. Monster. But also, like, why are you doing that? Why are you changing your entire personality for this dingbat of a woman? The only thing I can think is the show. Like, he just wanted... I think she left the pod with him so that she could meet Shane. Well, yeah, that tracks for her. And I think for him, he was just like, let me just write out this TV show and I'll say no at the end. That I, mean, right. I have to believe that because it's too crazy. Well, and he gave her his mother's engagement ring and yeah it's it's a lot but it's it's so good it's I can't I'm not fully caught up I'm so excited to finish watching if you (laughs) this is the escape you're looking for trust me yep all right shall we take a break and then dive into our episode let's do it Okay, we're back, and now we're going to take a turn for some heavy (laughs) shit. No. (laughs) I mean, yes, it's heavy, but I feel like, I don't know. Everything has been heavy. I I keep going back and forth of, like, does this feel heavier than a year ago, two years ago? I I don't know. There is no end here. I've been comparing it a lot to uh, when we had to make the decision for the kids to go back to school and there were so many unknowns and like, we just didn't know. I, I mean, I was crying like every other minute because it was just so, so hard, so hard. Well, let's rewind a little bit and catch people up. So I think our new school situation is not new to a lot of parts of the country. So our our school board and many around us, they're like falling like dominoes this week, have called special emergency, dare I say secretive board meetings to discuss slash not discuss because they never officially said they were discussing this, which not putting your topic on your school board agenda is a whole other problem. Um, this idea of mask choice so that Basically, the decision came down to a bunch of word salad, and they said nothing, because if they fully say masking is not required, they will lose their insurance, which means if someone were to become gravely ill with COVID, that leaves them at risk for a lawsuit. If some kid was to bump their head and have to go to the emergency room with a concussion, they would be open for litigation. no, but you know what I mean? They could be sued. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a million reasons why a school district cannot lose their insurance. So to avoid that conundrum, they have said that they are moving to an 
quote, education stance. So they will continue to educate children that they are still required to wear a mask indoors per the state mandate. Not a man, it's a mandate, not a law, as many parents have spoken into the microphone. Um, but they're also not going to send kids home for not wearing it anymore. So basically, they're going to do nothing, is what they've decided. So how are you feeling about this new mask situation? I'm torn. I So leading up to this, I've been working out my feelings on it before all this happened. And I felt like, yes, we are moving toward removing masks. Like this was kind of already in the works with like our government and everything. Like it was going to happen anyway. And I was coming to terms with that part of it. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent. My issue with it is that this decision was done a hundred percent to pander to parents, to pander to the politicalization of wearing a mask. It's done as a big F you to our governor. And it's done for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. It was done very hastily. It was rolled out. So the decision came out at about eight o'clock on Monday night, Monday being President's Day holiday. They sent an email district-wide, what, like at nine? And it was in effect the next school morning. I, there was absolutely, absolutely no forethought put into this. It was hastily done, seen as a victory by the parents who have been outside of our elementary schools protesting with bullhorns and harassing students and parents. Um, you know, and I, I have all the empathy in the world for these board members who have been verbally assaulted. I mean, that's not an exaggeration by these parents all year long who want, who think that we shouldn't have masks and don't you dare even consider a vaccine mandate for my kid and X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we know the people, those, they're everywhere in every community. So I do, I do understand, but also I, that empathy only goes so far because half of our board agrees with these people. So <sighs> it's a lot. And I, I do know that like across the country, like every community is different and some communities have been living in quote normalcy for a while. Um, it hasn't been that way here. And obviously we have much denser population than a lot of those places. Like there are a lot of factors that go into it. I get it. Um, I have up to this point appreciated that we've erred on the side of caution because what's the opposite? Like we regret not erring on the side of caution. Um, so this whole thing, the fact that they had this board meeting on a holiday when teachers were off, when people didn't really know about it. I think teachers found out the same time students and parents did. Which is bullshit. Like there's just a lot of, there's no transparency the fact that it wasn't actually on the agenda to talk about is a whole problem in and of itself. So basically, the what came out was that any originally their stance was that any student who would wear a mask would be sent home and then sent to independent study. I don't think that happened to one. And there has been a growing movement, especially since the Super Bowl, which honestly, I can understand. We did. We can we can go anywhere except schools, really and not wear masks, which I get. And I 
have an immense amount of privilege to say that because my kids are both vaccinated and they have recently in the last month had COVID themselves. So I am not concerned about their immunity whatsoever. Also seeing kids in schools, I can tell you right now, mask choice has been happening this whole fucking time. There has been zero strict enforcement. I mean, these kids, the, the cries I've heard is that kids are being discriminated against. They're being segregated. They're this, they're being bullied into wearing a mask. Absolutely none of that is happening. Absolutely none of that. I mean, it has maybe has there been one or two situations where a kid has told another kid, hey, put your mask on. Yeah, just like another kid would tell a kid, hey, don't run through the hallway or hey, pick up your scraps or like whatever kids tell each other. That's what kids do. Rule follower. No, no kid is wearing their mask perfectly. And masks have never been about 100% mitigation. Wearing a mask has been about adding one more layer of protection. I think we have all seen that Swiss cheese image, whereas like one layer of Swiss cheese that has holes in it is the mask. Another one is social distancing. And then another one is good ventilation and immunizations. And like all those things together make it harder. It's no one has ever said 100% a mask will prevent any spread of COVID whatsoever. And I think that's how we get so polarized is we get lost in the nuance. We hear the stratified, politicized, charged message. And that's all we hear. And I, I'm guilty of that too. But I think the difference is, is that when the message you're hearing is purposefully altered and twisted to ignite you in a false way, that's the problem. I mean, we have parents saying that masks are child abuse and... <laughs> I uh, so back to your point about getting lost in the nuance. I think the nuance is just getting lost completely. We are we we are motivated by fear, right? So all of these people who are hearing these messages that masks are bad for you, masks are not they don't work. They're it, it's all motivated by fear and that is in turn turning into like just this us versus them mentality. And it, it's, it doesn't have to be this way. Well, and I think when you have scattered, ineffective leadership, like from a school board, I think this is what you get. And so another thing teachers were told was that they could conduct class outside because there are, are there teachers who want to stop wearing masks? Probably. Are there teachers who absolutely do not want that and do not feel comfortable? Because you have to remember, there are many teachers who have children under the age of five who cannot be vaccinated. So that's still a very real concern for these teachers. So teachers were told they could hold classes outside, which many teachers did. Packed it up, took it out to the blacktop. And thankfully, we can do that in California. It has been very California cult here this week, but it's still very doable. California um, is such a good statement. <laughs> one day later, the district clarified to the staff that they're only allowed, to, they're not allowed to be out there all day. They can be out there to finish, a, to do an outdoor project. Um, and every effort should be made to stay in the classroom. 
because learning can only happen in a classroom. I don't know if you know that little known fact. (laughs) So So essentially this loud minority of uh, parents and sometimes just outside forces are- Many of the people who spoke were not even parents. Right. Are dictating it for the majority. And it's, uh, to say it's upsetting is such an understatement. Well, and I think one thing I certainly didn't foresee coming, and I I can say with 100% certainty the district did not foresee, is that there's this underlying messaging happening amongst parents and their students that masks are no longer required, that parents are calling that, why are children still wearing masks? Why is this happening? This is coming from people who argued for mask choice, there is definitely messaging going around that you should tell your friends not to wear your mask because you do not have to. And whether that's being explicitly told or that's just a seven-year-old trying to, you know, internalize and figure this out. But there are absolutely kids going up to other kids saying, you don't have to wear that. And there are absolutely teachers who are also misinformed on what their policy is and telling children, no, you don't have to wear that. Take it off. Which presents a whole new problem because aren't we supposed to trust teachers? What can we, who do, how do we trust adults and how do we trust what other kids tell us? And why am I having a peer pressure conversation with my kindergartner? Right. Yeah, well, that kind of leads us into our main topic for today. Um, It seems like in the last week, we've both experienced these conversations with our kids about peer pressure, about bullying. And so that's kind of what we're going to dive into now. So let's start with peer pressure, because that is the most uh, imminent conversation in both of our houses right now. So, of course, at both schools, there are our our kids have both been told by other and or been influenced by other kids in their class whether that was explicitly or inexplicitly that they don't no longer need to wear masks and our kids have always been pretty good about math i don't know about you mine have never really complained nolan has complained some but i mean he's just that's just who he is so <laughs> it's always been it's never really been a big fight for us yeah, no, I, um, we have always centered the conversation around why we're doing it, the why and the actual, um, action of doing it has been easier because of that. Um, so our why has always been to protect, um, their grandma who has gone through cancer treatments to protect, um, like Soli's friend who has, is in remission for cancer. Like just talking about like our actual physical people in our life that we're trying to protect and then that idea of like protecting the broader community becomes easier for them you know for my kids um so yeah no it hasn't ever been like a a a battle which I know I that's our experience like I know some kids don't like wearing it I know the different in different households with sensory issues and that kind of thing so Right. I'd say on the whole, most kids, it's always about how you present something. And 
from what I've seen in classrooms in other kids I know and my own kids, it's not a huge problem. It's just what we do now. And we we've managed. Right. We've had so, practice, goddammit. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and it's and I am not naive to the fact that I would have influence over my children forever. I knew that there would come a point where I could talk till I was blue in the face and they would just make whatever decision they were going to make outside of my supervision. I expected this in middle school when we're talking about drugs or sex or like, I don't know, like anything else. But I and maybe this is where I can empathize with the people who feel like they've lost their their choice and that they've had to put a mask on their kids which I'm I'm really I'm reaching here really reaching because you are not entitled to public school you had a choice you just did not like your choices those are not the same thing absolutely not the same thing and I guess I suppose I do have a choice to 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 not send my kid but and then they'd be put on an independent study, which we all know just means a stack of worksheets. So <clears throat> it is it is very hard to have the control taken away from your kid, especially at such a young age. And I think we've been lucky so far in the fact that their teachers haven't really made it a thing. Um, but. I don't like this feeling. And there's really not a lot of resources out there about how do you talk a five-year-old and seven-year-old through peer pressure? Because that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, and it's interesting in my house and it's just my kids' personalities, but, um, so I didn't say anything the first day because I was still sorting out my feelings on it. So they went to school in masks. Well, and I, I didn't say anything either because I didn't think anything needed to be said because I, and this is again, my naivete that I thought, okay, you got what you wanted, send your kid to school with no mask and shut up. I didn't anticipate the literal celebrations in the street outside of my children's school about it. Yeah, I mean, Harrison came home and um, I kind of brought it up and he didn't notice, he didn't notice anything different. (laughs) So either- (laughs) Which I truly thought my kids would be the same. He was like, well, either it's- uh, half the class is always pulling their mask down. <laughs> like that's how it's always been. Like, Which they are. <laughs> like probably. Um, but yeah, he didn't notice anything. But Sullivan, who I do know his teacher has been a little more on it about uh, mask wearing, noticed right away. Half the class, including some of his friends, were not wearing them saying, hey, you don't have to wear that. Take that off. And I don't know if he did. he said he didn't, but you know, I mean, peer pressure is hard. Like, I'm sure he had the thought, like, well, oh, and we they've great. had no exposure to peer pressure at all because it just hasn't. That's not a thing, really. And I mean, it is, I suppose, on a very small scale of like maybe like who brought what for lunch or something like that. But it's always at this age, it's something inconsequential. It's not right something as big as this, right? So we had, after that happened, he said he didn't want to wear his mask. And I told him it was his choice. We continued, you know, those conversations. I felt like, I mean, I was a wreck about it. Like, I'm not the one wearing it all day. Like, obviously, 
It and is. it is hard. It is hard to wear them all day for four or five days in a row. We continued the same conversations we've been having and they made the decision to wear it the next day. So I was, you know, sigh relief for that, but it is, it's about half and half in classes now. So that's well, hard. And what I struggled with was my kids have had it and they are v- vaccinated. And so I don't really, ha- and I, I am at this point, it's just a mental block for me. I am mostly, we're still not going a ton of places just because like right now it's like sports have picked up and we're outside and like, I don't like, we're still not really going to a ton of places where we have to wear a mask. And so I'm not really thinking about it a lot and I'm, I'm mostly fine with it. So, but it was hard to explain to my kids why we, and my reasoning was it is still the rule at school and that's still what we're going to follow. And truthfully, a little bit is we are not those people. And that doesn't feel great either because am I, am I just as guilty? Am I politicizing my kids as well? It's so hard. I know it's so hard not to do. And it's just, and so what we, what we came up with was, I said, listen, I think the, the rule will change very soon, which I believe this coming Monday, I believe new guidance is supposed to come out. So I don't, that's not a lie. And I said, can you please do your best to wear it as much as you can at school? And once the new rules come out, then we'll go from there. And so that, that seemed to be okay. Because Listen, I, I know Nolan is pulling it down all day long. I know he's chewing on it. I know. I know there is not one single kid in a public elementary school wearing their mask correctly. I I can say that with a thousand percent certainty. So, but to me, I think we do need to take a stand against the school board and say, this is not, this is not your decision to make. You are not a public health governing body. You are controlled by an angry, tiny group of parents. And this is a dangerous precedent you're setting. And I was going to say that it is very dangerous because once a small, once you cave to a group like this, they're going to think that they can push and pull their way into anything that they want. Another hard part of this for me. So peer pressure can be positive and it can be negative. Right. And I think knowing my kids personalities, they are little sponges and we've said this for a year i mean even from when they were little like you long before a pandemic was even a thing we knew of and that they need other kids around like they feed off the energy of the kids they're around and we've always been able to mostly facilitate that right and now as they're getting older i mean and for better or worse my kids are followers and that it's their personality, it's who they are. And so we've been very fortunate that we've always been able to surround them with other kids who are positive role models. And because if no one's going to do whatever any other peer boy is doing. And so I don't know how to say button poop. So sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so it, we, that's always been on our radar that we need to be very careful of like how we're cultivating his little budding social life. and. <laughs> It's, it's getting harder and harder to do that when he's at school or on sports teams and we're no longer 
picking and choosing the people that they're interacting with. I saw this thread in a group um, and it was about how the mom wanted to politely tell her son was like nine to tell the mom who, um, so he was going over to a friend's house for a play date and the mom wanted to tell the other mom, we don't do screen time at all. And there was such like a mixed uh, response on that. Like, no, you can't tell somebody what to do in their own house. And another, like one response that really stood out to me was like, if you withhold something completely, like you make it taboo, anywhere your kid goes without you is gonna be like, they're gonna binge it, you know, with snacks, with soda, with video games. So I kind of like, I've had that stuck in my mind a lot about like friends we let our kids hang out with. Are they going to want to hang out more with a friend? We're like, no, he doesn't come over, you know? Right. Well, and I think play dates are different because, you know, if your kid is going to another house versus that kid coming to your house, I think you can make the rules in your own house with other people's kids. And if you don't want your kid over there doing that thing, then don't send your kid. I think that's going to set up a bigger issue later on, but that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> right. So the best thing I've come up with is that, and this doesn't feel like a small potatoes kind of a decision, but I mean, I, again, I, me and my kids kind of do have the privilege of it being a small potato situation because we don't have anybody in our family under the age of four that's unvaccinated. We don't have anybody immunocompromised that we interact with on a daily basis we for all intents and purposes i'm fine with them not wearing masks my issue is with how this decision came out how it was handled and how it's continually being handled and so the best thing i can do is to put my kids in these situations it's just like teaching them about money right you you give them a little enough rope to hang themselves with basically and so then we can contrive these situations and have these conversations in the 3.8 seconds that I have their attention. <laughs> it's just, it's just really hard because it's, this is like one of those parenting moments that just like really knocked me on my ass. Cause I was not ready for this at all. Yeah, no, I feel that. And never ever would I have expected it to this situation to come out of masking. I know. I know. It just doesn't seem worth it to me, but no, I you know, and that's the thing with it. Cause we, we knew this was coming. Like we were mentally preparing for it, just the way it was handled. And I'm just going to reiterate something I've said many times before, right here, your local elections matter <laughs> for an entire board to be so not transparent, not forthcoming and basically just throw it out, like figure it out and toss it down the line to these schools is not acceptable. Well, which brings us to the topic of bullying. This has come up so much over the last like month or so. These parents are feeling like they've been bullied into wearing masks at school. These are the same people who have loudly protested outside of school campuses outside of the district office where board meetings are held who have monopolized the public comment section at every single board meeting since last november when schools reopened 
they've made literal verbal threats against the board members of what very vividly said what they would do to them if they did not drop the mask mandate. How is that not bullying? I'm nothing irritates me more than adults throwing out the word bullying because one one negative comment does not constitute bullying. Bullying is a repeated concentrated effort on one person, one group of people until you can influence their behavior. That's bullying, not can you please put your mask back on? Sorry, it's the rule. I know it stinks. Right. Nobody loves a mask. That's why I always want to scream to this group. Like, nobody loves this. We are trying to get through it. Like, it'd be a lot easier if we did it together. (laughs) And I, I do understand the less animated on the anti-mask side who are like, wait, nobody likes it. It's not really working. Why are we doing this? Like, I, I do. I fully can sympathize. I felt the same way. And I do understand how seeing the Super Bowl has ignited this cause all over again. I get it. I do. I'm with you. But these are also, by and large, the same people who didn't want to get a vaccine either. So, like, they're not you well- can't. You can't not do anything. So I'm just, I, and bullying, the misuse of bullying has been such a button for me for many years, ever since it's come onto the scene. And like, really when I started my teaching career, that was like the big thing. My kids are being bullied. And I'm not trying to say bullying never happens. I'm not trying to say it's not a problem. It's, I don't think this is probably gonna be controversial. I don't think it's as prevalent as we think it is. I think that doesn't happen like in person anymore. I think social media. Right. When I was going to say that, I think it's changed with the advent of social media. I don't think it's the same as like when you and I were in school, but I don't go home and not have any contact with. Right. So it's much more severe now, but it's not as prevalent like in the school as. Right. Some people say, but I get what you're saying. (sighs) The. Other problem that has come up for me is this idea of teaching your kids who is a trustworthy adult and who is not. So let me share a little experience with you. I'm so nervous. As we were walking to school yesterday, there, and we live very close to the school, and if you've ever been around an elementary school pickup, you know that there are many cars everywhere. And we have to cross multiple four-way stops to get to school and we walk because we live close enough thankfully and it's truthfully harder to drive than it is to walk the thing is grown adults don't follow rules very well and they suck at stop signs and they suck at looking for pedestrians and they suck at waiting (laughs) and so i have tried very hard to just instill in my kids i don't care what the you you stop at the corner always. You stop, you look around, you look at all the cars, you make contact, eye contact with the driver. And then when it, when, if you see them waving to you or something, then you go and you look again, because I, we have had very, so, so many close calls where cars have slammed on their brakes in the middle of the intersection and we're in the crosswalk. Like this is not, no, we've had children run over 
in our neighborhood. I mean, like it's it's a serious problem. Because COVID and budgets and blah blah blah. So so we approached the crosswalk yesterday morning and there was a man who had just dropped his kids off and he was halfway through the inner halfway across the crosswalk in you know usual pile up of cars and I said guys let's just wait could we have gone because he was already in the crosswalk yeah but like was the opposite car gonna see us like it's just it I just want my kids if I can teach them anything to know that it's okay to stop and think of other people before you just jump in the street Damn, isn't and, that a great metaphor for everything? <laughs> so, and again, you have to remember my kids will do, I mean, not anything I tell them because they don't listen to me, but <laughs> they're so suggestive, just so almost dangerously suggestive. And I'm going to cut this out. I'm like, I'm still so angry. Oh. So as the man got to our side of the sidewalk he says oh just go make him wait and before i can say anything oh my gosh god before, before i could say anything my kids are in the street oh. thankfully thankfully that car was paying attention and saw my kids and stopped but it just pissed me off and i turned around and yelled and i said I don't even know what I said because I was just so angry. And of course it wasn't like it was one of those mornings where we're all yelling at each other to get out the door and it was already chaotic enough. And then it, who are you to get to say that to my kids? Now, granted, of course he does not know that my kids are the way they are and that they were just going to listen to a, but why is that your, view of life I mean I I get that you've been able to walk through life and and cars stop for you literally and figuratively and the world has opened up its doors and you've gotten to do whatever you want to do did you know this guy no I've I've seen him but I don't I don't know who he is did you say something I I like yelled at my kids like you don't listen to him you listen to me because I that's when as we're walking and there's always like a bunch of parents in our group and they'll just like go and it's like no you don't decide that like you you I am the one who tells you right so but what it's just it just like drove home the fact and then to turn the corner and see people out pacing with American flags because they won and now we have mask choice and they felt the need to hold up signs to alert parents that our district now has mask choice, even though we all have the same email and people who want to know, know. How do you teach your kids that not every adult is, cares about you? Not every adult is going to teach you the same things that we want you to know. I, it, I don't know how to explain this. Like That's such a a core value of mine to... to consider others before yourself mm-hmm. you don't and because of your safety i mean in the instance of crossing the street but also because that's who i want to be as a human 
how do you teach your kids that not every human wants to be like that? So it is so hard to be a parent right now. And I think that that incident in the street was the perfect, not perfect, I mean, it was a great metaphor for everything else happening right now. Some people don't give a shit. And how do you teach your kids that those, like, you should still care about those people? Question mark. Because I have a hard time with it. Exactly. Well, and it's like, we're, make them wait. Why? Their kids have to go to school just like we do. We're, this is our school community. Like, we're not trying to get in line for, like, a new pair of Jordans. And it's like, we're all trying to do the same thing. Like, there's no skin in this game. So why? Why? (sighs) And then to hear that they're also, and of course, grain of salt, you know, this is, experiences shared on Facebook but to hear and it's it's not unbelievable to think that there are teachers who have announced to their class oh you don't need to wear your mask it's just <sighs> I hope it's because that teacher was misinformed about what's happening <sighs> but who knows it's it's just it's really hard so if you are also feeling that we're with you. Well, I wish I had better tactics, better advice. I think the only thing we can do is to keep having these conversations and whether it's about how to safely cross the street or how to wear a mask or whatever it is. And I And then maybe by the time our kids are older and the consequences are more serious, these conversations will be easier. Maybe, maybe we can avoid this later on if we do it now. I don't know. I doubt that's how parenting works. (laughs) Well, I think that the best way to, you know, to teach empathy to your kids is to model it. So if you're lacking in the empathy department, like so many of us are right now, um, just know you're not alone. Well, and I think part of it too is you have to explain why we do things. Like in the example of crossing the street, I don't know that I've ever really explained to my kids why that's how I'm teaching them to cross the street. I mean, obviously they vaguely understand that like a car could hit them, but you know, and it's not something that you're going to have to explain one time. Like, you're going to say it over and over. Like, you know, it, it's okay to wait for other people or let somebody else go first. And it, it's a freaking long game, man. It is. And as your kids get older, I say this all the time to new moms. It's so physical when they're toddlers and preschoolers. But it becomes a lot more uh, cerebral as they get older. A lot mm-hmm. of fucking talking. <laughs> one to engage them is so hard too right and it has to be at the time they're ready to receive it too even if not which is very hard for me honestly the best time i found is bedtime Mm. i've started just asking it started as like what was your favorite thing that happened today what was something that made you feel nervous what was something that made you feel excited and things like that and i was honestly shocked at how many answers I was getting. Nolan like has no time for me. 
<laughs> he's like, mom, I don't want to talk about that. All he wants to talk about is what he can spend his allowance on. But <laughs> I, I get a lot out of Isla that way because I think she doesn't know how to say, mom, this thing happened today and I, it made me really anxious. She doesn't, they don't have that vocabulary. And so I think that's been a really great way to pull things out of them. And then I'll kind of just, or if like, I'm not, cause I mean, by the time I get to bedtime, I'm done. I don't really want to talk, but, or if I'm feeling extra lazy, it's just, what do you want to talk about? Did anything important happen? And I think it just like an open-ended question like that. And sometimes it's nothing and sometimes that's, and that's great. But sometimes you, I found that I get a lot more information that way that can lead to a more in-depth discussion than like right after school. Yeah, um, our time is on the way to school because mm. we have to drive longer now since we moved. Um, okay, well, just please watch out for the crosswalks. Thanks. I, <laughs> also, the conversation we had with um, Janet Allison about how to talk to boys has really helped me a lot, especially with my 10-year-old. Um, he opens up the most when we're not like face-to-face. Hey, let's talk. It's like walking next to each other but not making eye contact he opens up the most so that's that's a great episode to listen to if you have like tween boys for sure just lots of hard awkward conversations that you don't really know what you're saying and you don't really have an answer to <laughs> yep oh, <sighs> All right. If you loved this episode or other episodes, we would so appreciate it if you could rate and review and subscribe. Share us with a friend. That's always the best way to find good podcast suggestions as well. And we'll see you next time. If you like what you just heard, and we hope you do, you can find more of us online at www.okistmoms.com. We're also on all social media platforms, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at okistmomsblog. Or if you want to, you can send us an email at hey at okistmoms.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.